Hello and welcome to another episode of the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics and the Trump presidency. I would like to remind you all that we have just launched our print edition and I'd like to encourage you all to subscribe. You can do that by going to www.spectator.us forward slash subscribe uh, and there you can take advantage of our various offers. I'm joined today by Chadwick Moore, who is a columnist for Spectator USA, and we're going to be asking who are the Groypers and what do they want? Um, Chadwick, am I pronouncing Groypers right, first of all? Uh, yeah, I believe that's that's a correct pronunciation. Well, so perhaps it helps if I give an attempt at... Uh, I'll, I'll attempt to say my understanding of what the Groypers are doing, uh, and then you can you can sort of take it from there, because I think we need to assume that Quite a lot of listeners won't have a clue what we're talking about. Um, the Groypers, as far as I understand it, are a kind of troll army um, of kind of internet addicts and uh, young people who are related to Pepe the Frog. Uh, that is the fact that a Groyper is the fat cousin of Pepe the Frog. Is that right? Which is yeah, a kind of it's, meme. It's that. It's that meme that you may have seen that's a sort of obese, slightly more sinister Pepe, but uh, he's actually a toad, not a frog. He's actually a toad, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, they are um, on what, what you call the... I mean, everybody insists on calling them Nazis all the time, but they say they are, at worst, they say they are white identitarian. Um, I don't even know if they would necessarily call themselves white identitarians, Um and I, I think there there are some peppered in there. Um, it, it's such a sort of massive uh, force on the internet. And it might be slightly unfair to call them internet addicts, in so much as they're people who um, don't yeah, get their news or information. That's a, from... I'm doing a Charlie Kirk slur there, aren't I? By calling them, I'm doing yeah, a Ben perhaps. Shapiro slur by saying they're just losers in their basements. <laughs> right. I, I think maybe it's more because they are they're widely so young of the Zoomer generation that they simply only get their news and information online, not uh, from television or traditional sources. So there may be um, news and, and politics addicts who are who live exclusively online. Uh, some of them, but the white identitarian. Um, you know, there are so few actual white identitarians in this country that, and their presence gets blown up immensely. So I don't doubt that there are a handful. If there are that some of the people in that group are white identitarians, but where that where that comes from is they you know, one of their big uh, obsessions is what they call um, demographic uh, demographic realness or demographic honesty, where, where they're obsessed with demographics. And unlike other young conservatives, they seem to think that. Um, that that they don't want to come off as racist, but if you can, but if you continue to let people from uh, uh, South and Central America into this country, uh, whereas other conservatives might say, "Well, we can just win them over with our ideas," this group is saying, "No, you're being you're being naive about that." These groups largely will always only vote Democrat. Um, you know, of course, there'll be some converts and what have you, people from Cuba or Venezuela, perhaps. But um, you're being unrealistic, and the more that you encourage this mass immigration, you are effectively killing the the Republican Party and the right because um, they are just going to always vote Democrat, and they will they will look at how Texas is uh, slowly turning purple, and uh, the New York Times even I just said the recent election in Virginia, where Virginia went blue, went from deep red to blue was a result of mass immigration into Virginia, and even the New York Times had validated that. So that's where the white identitarian 
idea comes from, I suppose. Um, although I'm sure if, if um, you know, if, if mass immigration from uh, some socialist European country were happening, it would be the same, uh, the same complaint. Mm. Um, but it's an uncomfortable topic to think about, and and it's something that 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 Charlie Kirk and Conservative Inc. and whatever um, don't haven't addressed at all. Well, let, let's explain that a bit. So, so the, the reason they're in the news at the moment, the reason we're talking about them at the moment, is that they have launched this sort of guerrilla war, uh, if you like, against um, sort of some of the chief figures of of what they call Conservatism Inc., um, which is Turning Point USA and Charlie Kirk. Uh, Dan Crenshaw, the congressman, um, and Ben Shapiro. Uh, and uh, Donald Trump Jr. got caught up in it the other day through Turning Point USA. Um, and they see these guys as sort of people who've betrayed the Trumpist movement. Would it be fair to say that? Yeah, or, or yeah, and uh, have, have sort of gone in a different direction based on their donors and, uh, and, and betrayed the original uh, spirit of the Trump movement. They think they think that, and it's not just uh, demographics. Although demographics, it does seem to be a particular interest for them. Uh, there's also uh, the question of Israel, which they always bring up with um, Charlie Kirk and and Ben Shapiro, and um, gay gay sex. That's the other thing that I mean. The big question that got, went viral. You wrote an excellent piece about it. Was when uh, one of them asked. Uh, was it Charlie Kirk? I think he asked Charlie Kirk, or maybe it was Rob Smith who was sitting next to him. Uh, how is anal sex going to help us win the culture war? Right. Uh, so the um, that that's uh, um, uh, the other sort of concern is besides aside from immigration and and demographics would be this this uh, sort of um, tradcon paleocon uh, high Catholic. Uh, social morality that that they're they're curious about and the, and uh, when Charlie Kirk was on stage with Rob Smith, who's a black gay um, vet, who's been a sort of face of Turning Point, uh, they asked that question: How does anal sex make the conservative movement stronger? How does it advance conservative causes? Um, and by the way, and I said that piece, great question, and I'm and I'm glad somebody asked that now, because um, I've been I've been waiting for someone to ask that, and I think a lot of these people. I don't think that we would be seeing, if you want to talk about the gay thing, um, I don't think a lot of what, what Turning Point and Conservative Inc. had sort of morphed into was this reactionary, uh, and you see this so much on the right, reactionary to the left's accusations that conservatives and Trump supporters are racist and homophobic and blah, blah, blah. So what, did, what have they been doing since 2016 is putting all their blacks and gays and women and whatever in the, in, in the spotlight to say, no, no, look, we're not. And here's this person, whether or not that those people, and I'm not singling out Rob or anyone here, but whether or not those people actually even understand conservatism, even if they, if they know what they're fighting for, yeah. if, um, if they've even you know, read a book, if they actually <laughs> are uh, religious and have more conservative uh, social values. And I think it, it's, it, it, when they ask questions like, what does anal sex have to do with conservatism? And in my opinion, it's a really shocking way to generate these conversations. Now, and I don't think we would be having they, – that they, they, Charlie Kirk and Turning Point would be coming under such attack, particularly for this, if um, so many other voices hadn't been banned. And, uh, you know, Charlie Kirk has um, – the, the event was called Culture War. He's sort of – uh, anointed himself the leader of the culture war. Uh, he doesn't understand culture. He doesn't know anything. He's great at giving talking points. He's great at uh, at cheering the crowd on. But we've reached a point where the um, 
you know, they'll get Charlie Kirk and Conservative Inc. will get on stage and say there are only two genders and expect a crowd to erupt in cheers when I think that traditional Catholics would be like, yeah, we get it. Uh, what else? What else now? How about a return rather than just denying the left's accusations or the ridiculous claims? What about a, a return to something um, uh, uh, more socially conservative? I mean, I think what you're saying is that they, they people like Turning Point USA and there's now a Turning Point UK, they they swear that they're against identity politics, but they actually use identity politics uh, in in their fight um, quite a lot. You know, it's very much saying, well, I'm uh, black and I'm gay and I support Trump. Um, and that uh, there's a slight hypocrisy there, which I think the Groypers are trying to expo- expose. That's exactly right. And there may have been a time and place for that. But I think what we're seeing is people are ready, people on the right are ready to move on and not talk about uh, you know, identity politics and what we what we aren't, but what we are, and uh, and focus on the actual issues and policies that may have a long term strategy of of continuing to win. I mean, the left has won in culture for the last fifty years, if not longer, especially on these identity issues. And uh, when Turning Point and these groups are playing the game of identity politics, how does that? How does that turn the tables on the left? It still it still plays into their narrative. It's still on. It's still their playing team. It's still they still have home team advantage when you do that. Um, and people are are ready to see what else uh, we can talk about because it's frankly it's boring. And this is what you mean in your most recent piece when you talk about how the this sort of fight has moved the Overton window right. Yeah, and and it appears to be slightly the Overton window the being Overton window for, is, for people that don't know the it's the let me try and define it. You can tell me I'm wrong. It's the, the the window of acceptable conversation, right? Right, and you see that the left will um, the the window of acceptable conversation, and we see how dramatically that has moved to the left, especially in the last few years. Uh, and I, I mentioned in that piece this. Uh, I mean, and this is very typical fodder. Uh, a New York Times op-ed that is saying uh, there there are um, two students of Indian descent who called uh, some black girls racial slurs and, and and assaulted them, and the New York Times narrative is well these are actually white people despite the fact that they have brown skin. So this is how extremely far left the the Overton window has moved because of the media's uh, uh, the left's dominance in media, and we see this whenever gun crime. Um, Erupts whenever there's a mass shooting. There will be uh, just this year an op-ed in the New York Times saying we need to repeal the Second Amendment. Uh, we have we had presidential Democratic presidential hopefuls saying we are going to come to your home and take your guns. That is a radical uh, shift of the Overton window that would have been unfathomable just uh, maybe two decades ago. But how they push the Overton window over is by saying really radical extreme things that then that may not be uh, acceptable public discourse like we're going to knock on your door and take your guns away but it inches it over that so the more they say we're going to knock on your door and take your your guns away or we're going to repeal the second amendment then suddenly the things they actually want to do seem less extreme so when you do this on so nobody ever does this on the right at all and we're seeing this now with with the groipers that a lot of things they say sound really extreme and really uncomfortable but best case scenario, what the, how this could service is gradually then moving, um, moving it, shifting it back in in our direction, and we see that um, with the fact that Charlie Kirk uh, finally admitted in his last uh, turning point event that 
uh, you know, one of the things that had really upset the Groypers was he said that we should staple green cards to F-1 visas. F-1 visas are people who come to the United States to study and then they're supposed to go home. And he said they should just be able to stay. Uh, well, they finally got him to say I was wrong about that. And yeah. um, But, what, uh, I mean, you know, I, it, it occurred to me, look, looking on Twitter yesterday, it occurred to me that perhaps uh, accidentally uh, the Groypers are making Charlie Kirk more palatable to the left. Um, and more popular, really, because, I mean, I saw, you know, he's now posted this video of him uh, fighting back or shouting back at one of the groypers that asked him a question at one of his events. And that's gone kind of viral. And and a lot of people are saying, you know, I don't like Charlie Kirk, but this is actually great and so on. So, I mean, the the, the groyper warfare is is kind of odd, particularly, I think, that they they talk a lot about uh, optics themselves. I mean, Nick Fuentes, who seems to be the main guy, uh, he is very interested in optics, and what he means by that is the the, the color of the people asking the question. And so, if a if a minority guy, Groper guy, asks a question, he he says great optics. So I find there are these odd contradictions within what the Groypers are trying to do. Yeah, because that would also be a kind of identity. Because well, the Groypers are now fighting these accusations that they're white nationalists and and white yeah. supremacists or whatever, and uh, so they're that would be engaging in the same game that that they accuse Charlie Kirk of doing. They're just as bad <laughs> as Charlie Kirk. That I guess Kirk. shows how powerful they are that identity well. politics narrative. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Well, it's so uh, disappointing. What, and, and one thing too is 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 I believe uh, uh, Nick Fuentes just told them to lay off of Israel, which would seem to be the same game. And personally, I I do not the Israel I do not understand the right's obsession with Israel, whether they are super pro or super against. You know, Israel gets three billion dollars in funding from the U.S., which is like what our government has probably spent since you and I have been talking, you know, it's like the toilet paper budget for the treasury department or something. So, and and then the, the super pro, uh, they, as Charlie has been accused of saying, they, they sound like they're more pro Israel than pro America. Uh, but now we have Nick saying, um, okay, lay off Israel. It looks really bad. Yeah. Um, bad optics. But, but, but the thing is, I mean, I, I think you have to, when, if you're looking at these people, uh, anti-Semitism is a is part of it. I mean, I, I don't want to be sort of um, prim about it, but they do. You know, they do like joking about the Holocaust. They like doing quite sort of facetious things like that. And I know it's kind of irony, and a lot of it's kidding. But they like to kind of hide behind irony when it suits them. And sometimes you can't help feeling they're kind of, as we say uh, a lot in this office, kidding on the square, which means you pretend that you're joking when you're actually being serious. Right, yeah, and, and, and Fuentes has in the past uh, made videos extremely odious and saying extremely odious and horrific things about the Holocaust. Uh, he says now, I believe that you know, he was a teenager at the time and he doesn't mean those things anymore and he was just joking. Now, we're the first ones to say when somebody says something or does something bad as a teenager, maybe we should forgive them. Even we'll forgive lefties who made gay jokes as teenagers and the left piles on them and, we're set, and we'll, we'll stand up for those people. Yeah. Um, but but you're right. It, it it is mysterious to say how much how much of this they believe. I mean, I truly I don't believe there's much uh, palatable racism in this country or homophobia, especially um, you know on a big scale. But I do believe there's a lot of anti-Semitism from both the left and the far right, the mainstream left and the far right in this country. Um, and it's a weird obsession, and that that does give pause to 
it, I, I'm also the first to, to say that criticism of Israel is not necessarily anti-Semitism if, if you're just talking about foreign policy. Um, but uh, the younger generation even, you know, people have told me that they're, and you see in the news that they, that they don't really get much of a Holocaust education in schools these days. And maybe my generation was the last to get, you know, thorough from the minute you're able to process it through college education on the Holocaust. And I don't think that when, when I ask people about, you know, these, these Zoomer kids making um, Jew memes and whatever on the Internet, uh, they'll say, no, no, these kids just don't really. It, it's so taboo. They just want to push the envelope and they don't really understand. They haven't had the same education we did in the Holocaust and, and these sorts of things. So I wonder how much of that is to blame. I, I, but I, there, well, there is this, there's this interesting generational aspect to it because, I mean, Fuentes is quite obviously a Zoomer. Uh, a Generation Z guy, a kid, really, um, clearly quite a bright kid. Um, and a lot of these guys are very young, and their whole attitude towards the right is that it's kind of, it's a boomer movement. It's a, it's a, it's a sort of embarrassingly cringe, uh, baby boomer and sort of a bit thick um, movement. And I think that seems to be as much as much of their anger comes from the fact that they they they're trying to shut down all these all this sort of boomer talk as it is you know race or anything else right and as i mentioned in one piece in the spectator you know there were people on in, in the trump movements like alex jones and gavin mckinnis who wouldn't even though they're in the, in their 50s or approaching 50 uh wouldn't be in that category of, of the cringe boomer because they were funny and outrageous and weird and 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 those people were have all been uh, su- successfully assassinated from polite society and from the mainstream internet. And but those people were never actively pushing people towards ethno nationalism. They weren't. They didn't make Israel a thing ever. And 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 in fact, when and I used to follow these personalities a lot. I still do. When they when when their ranks and their fans did come up with these sort of uh, demographic questions or Israel questions, they actively pushed them away from that. And they had a lot of respect from their fans. And they were actual cultural warriors that were entertaining and, uh, and had a lot of grit. And um, they were they... very, they were very into, uh, well, for want of a better way of putting it, Islam bashing though, right? I mean, Gavin McGuinness and Milo, for instance, were, were quite keen on, you know, a large part of their speeches would be about Islam or a, a large part of their public output, right? Oh yeah, for sure. They were definitely into Islam bashing, but they'd be the first to be like, not individual Muslims, but Islam as a, in, in the same way that the left can bash Christianity for absolutely no reason. They would just do this. They would treat Islam the same, but maybe with uh, a bit more uh, bite and snarl to it. Um, but the, but yeah, the Groypers don't seem sure. so interested in that. They don't, I mean, I don't hear them talking about Islam much. That is really interesting. I, you know, I didn't think of that, but you don't hear them talking about Islam. Yeah. It's strange that they would be uh, more obsessed with um, uh, with the Israeli state than they would with Islam. But maybe, I mean, these kids maybe didn't grow up with 9-11. And yeah. they, we haven't had a major, major terrorist attack in this country. We had Pulse, I, which was, I guess, the biggest one since 9-11. Um, maybe that has something to do with it, too. They don't, they, 9-11 didn't necessarily mean anything to them the way it did to people who lived through it. Finally, Chad, where do you think it's going to go, this whole thing? Is it just a silly internet thing that's bubbling around at the moment and doesn't really mean anything? Or do you think we're seeing something happen within Trumpism? Do you think there's a sort of, there's a people within the, the Trumpist base, and I suppose you could say the, the Groypers are part of that, are now fed up with um, these sort of 
turning point people who are really a kind of bridge between Trump and the conservative movement? It seems that, well, if, if, if the mainstream media keeps being nice to Charlie, then because of this, then he may go the way of a Mitt Romney or someone where they, I mean, anyone who the mainstream media likes, then the Trump movement no longer trusts because they, they, don't, they wouldn't like any of us, you know, uh, they wouldn't like any of them. And um, so uh, I, I, think, I think that these sort of, these sort of flare-ups, these internal, this internal fighting happens on both sides. It's, it has for forever. In American politics, it's extremely routine, so there's nothing revolutionary happening happening here. However, um, I I don't think that Turning Point and a lot of these figures will ever have the same power or even funding that they once did. I think that it's, I think people were waiting for for something. You see, you see the 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 people online who are cheering the Groypers are. Often just mainline, completely normal Trump supporters, moms in Kansas who don't have an ethno-nationalistic bone in their body, who don't necessarily care about Israel or even do actually support Israel, but they're still cheering this. So I think that it's just exposing an undercurrent of either boredom or malaise or animosity that's happened, that's been... um, uh, I think boredom is probably it, isn't it? Because a lot of it is just, it's the, you know, the lols, it's for the lols, and the lols at the moment are coming from the Fuentes side. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, on that note, I think we'll end it. But Chadwick, thank you very much uh, for joining us and um, coming on again soon, please. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Americano. And I'd like to encourage you all to give us your feedback, positive comments or constructive comments only, please, to podcast at spectator.co.uk and say anything you like there as long as it's reasonably polite.